0: you know like you know Jack Nicholas and and a lot yeah. of these old time basketball guys. I think Bill Walton does it. I mean you know these guys and there's a lot of baseball guys. I think Johnny Bench mm-hmm. is really good at this. They'll tell you every insy bincy tiny things. You know yep. the wind was coming from the south right. about three miles an hour and the and the and the. And the pitch was a 3-2 pitch, and before that, uh, I did this and I did that, and this one player out in left field was doing this, and, and that was from, like from 30 years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just a base hit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Mike is one of those guys where Mike is so good at remembering uh, things down to the exact detail. I mean, when we talk state basketball tournaments, mm-hmm. you know, we've done so many that they just run back and you know, they go from one end to the other, and I can't remember all the time yeah. what year this team won. Mike, he can tell you how many people were in the stands. <laughs> he can tell you what the weather was like, and he can tell you probably what he uh, had for supper uh, yeah. later <laughs> that evening, and what he drank, uh, and he's and he's who he drank really with. Good. Yeah. He is really good at that. He's mm-hmm. just got a great memory.
1: Well, it is not a sports trivia game. That's part of the charm and fun of it on our sports radio station. Uh, it is, it, it's old guy trivia, two rounds. First round is 20th century pop culture trivia, so clips from 20th century TV shows, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. And we usually expect you guys to be good at that. And it's kind of embarrassing if you can't get those because that's your wheelhouse when you uh, were cognizant and clear minded and list consuming contemporary music and TV and cinema. And then the second round is 21st century, where perhaps you guys aren't quite keeping up on what all the kids watch. So uh, that's that's where the hilarity ensues. That's right. So, uh, can't wait. It's been fun. Craig is one and one He uh, he got he got just absolutely drilled by Todd Epp, but then he creamed my dad last week. My dad didn't even give it a, you know, he didn't even try. It was a pathetic he was effort. He on
0: the golf course. He didn't want to yeah, play. He, uh, he was on the he's, golf course. A I big, don't blame
1: him. He's a big Harvard egghead, and he uh, didn't want to stoop to our levels of fun. Uh. So, he didn't. I'm not kidding. Like He, he never watched Dumb and Dumber because he thinks it'd be too dumb. I'm glad I I guess I'm going to have my mom's genes when it comes to, you know, enjoying fun things. Uh, So that's an hour from now. Old guy trivia. Last hour we asked, well, anyone listening, but Craig and Mike and myself answered the question, would you turn down what Joe Buck turned down, which is $1 million to call play by play of um, people in engaging acts with their clothes off on a certain website which uh, would be an easy job. And uh, I would tune in just to hear what Joe Buck said. Really? Really? That'd be it. That'd be all I'd tune in for. Um, And uh, Craig said, no. I said, no. Mike said, give me half that and I'll run with it uh, for the rest of my life. And uh, if he was concerned about what his reputation was in education across South Dakota as a high school announcer, he said, I'll give plenty of money back. Um, So between those two conversations on the hours Uh, away from us and ahead of us, (laughs) we go right to the middle of the spectrum to talk about serious matters facing college sports with Justin Sell, the athletic director of South Dakota State on the Tires, Tires, Tires fan line. Thank you for bringing some IQ to the program, Justin. We appreciate it.
2: Well, I appreciate how you let in with uh, Dumb and Dumber and and Joe Buck's uh, opportunity right yeah. before we talked. I uh, set it up well, John.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Would you Would you take the offer, Joe Buck? turned down?
2: Uh, I, I I didn't even know what the offer was, but hearing what you're saying, uh, no, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> don't. I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, I, got pl- I got plenty of my career left to yeah, still worry yeah, about, yeah, so I, I think I, uh, I think I'm just fine. Well, you've had a lot on
1: your plate, <laughs> a lot of things to, to discuss, and there's a lot of questions that a lot of fans uh, want to know. And so, we'll start with this: just your day-to-day duties. What would you be working on right now as the athletic director at South Dakota State when you get to your office and and uh, your desk piles up and your emails do, and compared to what you are dealing with on a day-to-day basis, not only as the athletic director up there, but also as a member of the NCAA Division One Council.
2: Yeah, it's probably easier to describe what I am not doing uh, today. It'd be a lot shorter, but uh, you know, uh, certainly uh, we've got uh, the things we're dealing with on campus, and then the added layers of the NCAA and dealing with uh, council stuff, uh, council coordination committee, name, image, and likeness transfer waiver working group. Uh, certainly, working with my colleagues in the Valley Football Conference and, and the Summit League, uh, and, and trying to uh, share that information, get feedback, and, and bring it to the uh, to the group. So the the national layers added a whole other. Uh, level because we're full speed ahead of just trying to steady the ship and get recruiting rules put together so everyone's dealing with the same thing nationally and then dealing with some major issues that we face going in uh, to the whole COVID deal uh, to um, what it's going to look like and trying to figure out college athletics in total uh, as we go down the road. And then lastly, just trying to make sure uh, our own student athletes and coaches and families are staying safe and healthy.
0: Justin, you're on that D1 council, and uh, I know there was a move, uh, a vote coming regarding St. Thomas and their move from D3 to D1. That's been moved to June. Have you given thought on that already? Have you decided how you want to vote on that particular issue with St. Thomas?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, for St. Thomas and, and uh, certainly the impact they have on the Summit League and uh, two other leagues, uh, hockey and, and football as well, um, you know, I think uh, they're in a position and uh, they put a, a good plan together to be a solid Division One member. Uh, the issue is that, uh, you know, in terms of looking at all schools that may uh, choose to move up to Division One, how does that fit in the context of that discussion? And that's really where it was in January. Uh, it got uh, moved to April in terms of trying to vote on it, and now it's uh, moved to June just because of the uh, challenges of the agenda and how much stuff we're currently dealing with. You know, we added an extra call. We usually meet every April and June in person, and we've also added a May, July, and August phone call. So once a month here over the next five months, we'll be working on council-related things. Hmm.
0: Also, just last Friday, a week ago, there was an email sent uh, to the president of the ncaa from five commissioners uh, from the the power five uh, from fbs asking for some relaxation of rules when it comes to some football rules and also a moratorium of four years of schools moving to division one um what is your assessment of that particular proposal
2: well i think the group of five you know those those, those sets of schools deal with uh, some different issues and, and kind of being tweeners, if you will. And so uh, some of the things related to, to football attendance and, and uh, uh, how they run uh, kind of their business makes sense. The, the dropping the moratorium on the uh, Division One schools, that was an, uh, kind of interesting to me and, and a little bit out of left field uh, based on the other things they're uh, requesting and looking at. and I just think that you know, none of us know uh, where this is going to go, and uh, certainly it's got to be about strengthening uh, Division One. and St. Thomas does that for a league that has nine schools right now uh, to get us to 10 and solidify our sport offerings and travel budgets. And, and uh, to be honest, if, if people start going to a more regional-looking uh, schedule as well, if you're in the nor- Northeast or if you're in Ohio or Indiana or North Carolina, you don't worry about uh, being able to pick up games, but for... All of us out here in the Plain States, and uh, there, there are so much fewer opportunities for competition. And so, I just think that that one was, uh, you know, a little odd. And then, from a financial perspective, uh, Division One uh, transitioning schools really don't start to affect you until uh, five, six, seven, eight years down the road. So there isn't a you know a financial impact to the other members in Division One either.
0: So St. Thomas and even Augustanum shouldn't really worry too much about that proposal?
2: Well, I, yeah, I would worry about it just because it's on the table. Um, you know, it's premature because we haven't had any conversations that seem to be moving in a pretty good direction uh, from January to the April, and then with everything that's transpired, I think there's a fine line and a balance right now that we're fighting of trying to get some real important work done, uh, name, image, and likeness because of the pressure of the all the state legislatures and those bills that are out there and the, the federal government and really having a timeline of needing to come up with an answer by January of 2021. That That's obviously priority. I think the transfer issues, uh, you know, our world's kind of turned upside down to add another layer in there uh, with a the waiver rule, um, I think would be uh, pretty difficult to do at this point. And so you know, we need to really cross some of those uh, big hurdles. And so kind of in the middle of all that, you have this Division One transition piece. And so where will that get put in terms of the stack of priorities and what we feel like we can uh, attack based on the information we have today about what college athletics looks like?
1: All right, so that might not be decided on for a while if a school like Augustana or St. Thomas would be prevented from moving up to Division One for four years because you're saying it might be down on the priority list and also – Tom Duple, the commissioner of the Summit League, told us those two schools might be exempt anyway because they are so deep in the process, according to the letter, with some details about this moratorium. Would you agree with, with Tom that Augie and St. Saint, Saint Thomas would probably kind of get grandfathered in, even if there is an eventual vote to moratorium for four years yeah. Division one yeah. new schools?
2: Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the ultimate question. I think you look at it then from kind of a waiver process, if you will, to say, you know, St. Thomas has a unique set of circumstances and why they're there. And Augustana had announced it uh, quite a while ago. And so they had been in that process. And and obviously they have to look at themselves too, in terms of what's happening uh, with college athletics and still make sure those those plans still fit, uh, you know, in terms of moving forward and that they can meet uh, the kind of promises they lay out within their applications. But I think if they if they feel confident about that, I, I don't see why uh, we wouldn't take a chance and address those issues. Um, so th- it'll be a very interesting discussion uh, come June.
1: By the way, I just want to clarify this with Justin Sell, South Dakota State Athletic Director here on Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and kwsn.com. I, I have contacted Augustana and their athletic director, Josh Morton to join the program soon to talk about this matter. And also the fact that they are getting their vote on if they'll receive an invitation to the summit league and you need to receive, you need to receive an invitation into a league to be able to allow to go to division one anyway. And I got back from a PR spokesman at Augustana today Josh is not going to join the show. He just sent a statement that said, quote, we are focused on our current student athletes, making sure they are safe and healthy and supporting this unprecedented time. As the commissioner said, we have a virtual site visit in May, and we are also focused on preparing for that. We will not have any further comment on the visit. Now, before I have a question for Justin Craig, that just tells me that Augustana is bowling forward with this they still intend to go to division one even though it, you know uh, it, it uh, there's the appearance that it might be too expensive to go to Division one considering all the hits to to budgets and athletics that there have already been so far and might be down the road Augustana you know he he was very confident Josh was with us in March about Augustana having the financial backing corporate wise and otherwise to move into division one and still will so
0: they've had various stages in this plan and they've been holding steady with that and it sure sounds they're staying steady with this particular plan. So
1: the email today suggests to me even though there wasn't much specific addressed that Austin still very much plans to try to go to Division 1 uh even if it appears it will be harder to afford in the coming years. Now back to a Division 1 athletic director in the Summit League Justin Sell joining us here on Craig and John uh so, What I'll have to ask you is you just mentioned how these these Summit League presidents want St. Thomas in yesterday because of all the great reasons. Giant endowment, giant enrollment, geographical fit, major market, all that jazz. Um, And that would make it 10 teams, and as an athletic director, that makes scheduling for basketball so much easier than it has been with nine so I'd love to gauge your feeling of if there was an 11th team like Augustana, specifically Augustana, and would you, would you mind that uh, going back to an odd number of teams, how much will the number of teams affect your, your vote, your school's vote, on Augustana getting in?
2: Well, I think with, you know, with all of these, uh, first off, uh, trying to continue to go through the process with them in fairness to us and in fairness to them. Uh, and stay with that uh, time frame in may and i've heard nothing uh, other than uh we'll continue to to move forward uh, business as usual and yep. i think you know for us ad's a lot of times uh, we might have a few different discussions frankly than presidents and and you're hitting on one of the issues is uh from a scheduling and 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 league distribution uh, there's a financial impact with numbers of teams that you have and so um you know in fairness i have not talked to my colleagues in regards to 11 i think Uh, when you start getting into that you start looking at at options is it 11 or do you go to 12 Um, you know and and you try to factor in uh, some of the other things uh, and over the years we've always had membership discussions uh, you know pretty much every year we have it on at least one of our agendas because um, you're always trying to keep a lay of the land and then you know are you going to keep all the teams uh, that you currently have And, and based on Uh, The situation based on uh, regionality. uh, If if there are major changes, uh, you know, there's certainly been uh, some uh, push, uh, although not officially, but just uh, AB is talking. uh, If you read uh, any of the news about uh, a little more regionalization, and and if we go to that, are we talking just non conference? Are we talking uh, restructuring some of our leagues to get them a little more geographically sound and save some money there, too? And so, I think when you talk Augie, you talk uh, all those uh, factors come into play. And so it'll be interesting here in May uh, as we contemplate that and uh, try to figure out if if 11 is uh, workable. And if not, uh, do we look at 12 or stay at 10? And I think that'll be a, a key discussion.
1: Okay, so the numbers are part of it, but I'll just ask you, how in favor are you as the athletic director at South Dakota State of Augustana joining the Summit League? We're getting to May. There will be a vote in May, in late May, so what would your be your advice to your your opinion to your president who's going to vote on behalf of South Dakota state?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, from a just a, a personal and I have a connection uh, to Augie, um you know, I, I respect uh, the things that they've done and and the program that they have. Um I, I have not seen uh kind of the the full uh packet or at least their explanation of of their finances and how they think they can uh, make this move. And I think, you know, I'd, I'd, I have to be moved uh, in regards to uh, that information and how they fit in as a member here. And then uh, certainly I think the discussion related to numbers of teams, uh, if, if it were to be 11, I, I do think that's, that's a hard number. Uh, nine's been hard. 11, uh, frankly, is, is harder. So, um, you know, I, I think there's some, Uh, I have an open mind, I'll I'll put it that way, and I certainly haven't decided one way or another, but I do think there's some challenges within uh, what they put together that we'll have to take a
0: look at. Justin Sell, he's the Athletic Director, South Dakota State University, here on Sports Talk with Craig and John. Fox Sports, 98.1, AM 1230, and KWS.com. He's also a member of the Division I Council. Uh, by the way, Patty Viverito, the commissioner of the Moe Valley Football Conference, is also on that committee. It's a, it's a big council. There's, what, 30, 40 uh, people on that committee. It's representation for FBS and FCS as well. Curious, Justin, as far as the one-time transfer exception, which would basically allow, uh, is, and if it's just basketball, where you can transfer one time without losing a year of eligibility. And there's talk that the mid-majors would become junior colleges if that happens, uh, that they would be hurt big time. Is that a false misnomer on that talk? You know,
2: I'll qualify these comments as Justin Fell personally because, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily at liberty to speak on behalf of the Transfer Waiver Working Group. I'm not on that group. I here the uh first transfer waiver group or the transfer working group uh this this is a little different bend, and I think what this group originally set out to do uh starting last fall was to take a look at um you know there, there's just a rub when somebody transfers and and it's five sports that are currently not um you know able to transfer and play immediately that's the issue. And so what you're really talking about is a little more uniformity in rules. And so the NCAA staff gets put into a tough spot when you're putting in these waiver requests and they're they're uh, allowing some to go through and then some are getting denied. And, and they have a, a set of very specific criteria that you have to meet, but the general public doesn't see that or know that. And so that's created some confusion. So I think, you know, this group was trying to say, hey, can we simplify this process and, and really... Uh, basically make it a a waiver exception that uh, those kids uh, meet those waivers and they they play right away without actually having to go through that process. And I think, you know, for for me, just in terms of process, I I am certainly supportive of uniformity. I I think it's important that all our sports uh, operate in the same manner. I think that Um, To do that, though, I would much prefer to go through the legislative process here in November and vote it in in January and have it start next August 1 uh, in 2021 and have those five sports that currently don't have that one-time transfer exception have the ability to play immediately. I think the trouble right now is if you put this waiver process in place and you start it, let's say, August 1 this year, you could conceivably have some of your football student athletes, if we're back on campus, for example, uh, could decide to transfer in August, Um, you know, and certainly men's basketball could uh, decide to transfer right before the start of the season. And so I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I'm not the whole world's going to fall apart, but I do think uh, the timing of that based on trying to manage your rosters as a coach. And frankly, uh, John and Craig, one thing that doesn't get talked about much is in the transfer process, you want to take care of those kids for sure. There are a lot of legitimate reasons to transfer, but we never talk about the impact that has on the kids on the team. Uh, they want to know who they're playing with too. And when that's done too late in a recruiting uh, uh, season or to be able to fill that roster, uh, you know that's where I start to uh, have a few issues with it. So for me, it's more of a timing piece. I think we need to get there, but I think it needs to go into effect after this season. And then with all of the question marks that are out there, it has it has some room to be a little bit of a disaster for a year if it went in too early. And those, again, those are my personal opinions.
1: Ooh, I mean, these are the things you got. You have to deal with uh, hour after hour, day after day. I, it's 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 numbing my brain hearing all of this for the last twenty minutes. What you're dealing with right now, and guess what, Justin? There's a couple really important items I'd love to get to. Do you just, do you have just a little bit more time for us?
2: I got whatever you need tonight. Oh, what guys. a
1: guy. Uh, Justin Sell, the athletic director at South Dakota State. Want to know what kind of financial hits schools like SDSU are taking from not having the very lucrative NCAA tournament this year. Of course, men's March Madness. And what our chances of having a full regular season of college football are at this moment on April 17th. So more Justin on Fox Sports 98.1 AM 1230, KWSN.com. It's Craig and John.
0: Can't hear the show on the radio? No problem. We're always live at kwsn.com and on the free, easy-to-download KWSN mobile app. Sports Talk with Craig and John brought to you by Plastic Surgery Associates. Over 36 years of serving the region. For face, body, and skin, go to PlasticSurgeryAssociatesofSD.com.
1: He's Craig Maddock, one half of the big old guy trivia battle at 5 o'clock with Mike Hendrickson today. A little sports talk with Craig and Mike reunion, but they're going at it for a lot of prestige on the line. Orthope- <laughs> ortho- orthopedic shoes was the prize last week. Have you received your orthopedic shoes last week for winning old guy trivia?
0: I have not. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be delivered uh, someday.
1: And I haven't come up with a prize for uh, this week's episode, but I will by 5 o'clock. John Gaskins with Craig Maddock, and we continue our conversation with the athletic director at South Dakota State, Justin Sell. I like the Dan Patrick line there at the end of that promo right before we came back on the air. We want sports back. We miss it. We love it. And we want normalcy back, but sports are not going to dictate normalcy. Coronaviruses. And, uh, of course, governments are and administrations will. When it comes to high school and college sports, it's probably more likely administrators at the presidents of universities, superintendents of schools, etc. And if there's no school in, we can't believe that there's going to be sports being played. But I guess that's where I'll start with Justin Sell at SDSU. Can there be sports and sports activities without classes being physically in session on your campus as far as you know?
2: I mean, I would think no. I think uh realistically first and foremost we gotta find a way to get our students back on campus and I think uh when that uh call gets made then we'll have a chance to stack in how uh athletics and sports fits in. So, um, you know, I, I just don't see any uh way that we're playing if we're not fully uh up and running and students in residence halls and, and uh, rolling here this fall.
1: John Stiegelmeyer, the football coach, said with us a couple of weeks ago, if they're not in school in Ohio and therefore not playing athletics there, in, in the Summit League's case, Youngstown State, an opponent of yours, then he doesn't see, he doesn't see any games going on. Um, what, what, as far as you know right now, what kind of is the, the near future of a college football season at your level?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it's been interesting in the last probably week to 10 days, you've seen a a pretty large shift in in moving towards uh, medical uh, folks uh, really trying to lay out what the timeline needs to be in regards to the virus. And for us with Dr. Brian Hainline with the NCAA and working with the CDC and the uh, World Health Organization and Dr. Fauci and all those guys, I think um, you know, they're the ones that are going to kind of call the shots. And I think, you know, regionally, uh, obviously, this virus has hit some earlier and then will hit some later. And I think when you look at college athletics and just dealing with some of the rules, uh, recruiting uh, dead periods and things that we put in, there's going to be a huge emphasis on equality and equal opportunity to practice and play. And so if there's sections of this country that are not open, and some are, uh, you're going to uh, I, I think you'll see a, a deferral to, uh, until everybody's free and able to go, um, you're not going to see it open back up. Uh, there are just competitive inequities in that. And just and as a, far as playing in the fall, I, you know, I, I, that'll be interesting to see where that goes in that timeline.
1: By the way, I'll ask this. I mean, if there's no, if the stu- schools aren't in session, schools uh, and activities aren't in session, then we don't have to worry about the, uh, you know have, trying to have games without fans in the stands but Ohio State's athletic director spoke about that uh, if it's unsafe for students to come back it would be unsafe for players to play but then there are others like Craig who have said hey you can test maybe you can test all these players and get them out there and you just wouldn't have games with fans as has been proposed in other pro sports what are the realistic possibilities of that at the collegiate level
2: Again, you know, that's if uh, if the world changed and the medical folks think that uh, uh, it's safe to do some of those things, then I think it's something you obviously put on the table as part of uh, your the million options we're working on right now, and and uh, you figure that out. And uh, there's certainly a financial uh, component to uh, the world that we're in too. But I think first, until we know it's safe for kids to be back and doing the activities and and be back on our campuses and. Uh, if if they're not, is it safe to bring a football team or a volleyball team or a soccer team back? Uh, that would be determined by medical people for sure.
0: Justin Sell, Athletic Director, South Dakota State, here on Sports Talk with Craig and John. Fox Sports, 98.1 AM, 1230, KWSN. How much of an effect did, did South Dakota State and other teams from the Summit League, How how much were you guys affected because there was no ncaa men's basketball tournament
2: well i think in the summit league we're fortunate and i can't necessarily speak for every school i can say you know from a south dakota state perspective we receive uh the largest amount of money from the summit league and ncaa uh in in the league uh because we have the most sports and the most scholarships um and so you know, our hit uh, certainly is at the highest. Uh, the way we've done distributions, though, we're uh, in essence uh, basically kind of a, a year behind, so we're getting money from last year. So this June, um, the, the really the only difference for us is about eighty-three thousand um, dollars. So we have a good chance to, with not playing spring sports, uh, picking up some savings. Uh, certainly, we need a few of our revenue categories to come in strong here. Uh, this spring with our our auction and our jackrabbit club and season tickets but we have a realistic chance to uh, be able to meet our budget uh, this year Um, next year though the impact of of that ncaa tournament uh, not being played this march was uh, in the tune of eight hundred thousand dollars for us and so um, you know you're you're starting running uh, some financial modeling uh, and and we've got six different models we're running right now Uh, but if i start with the one that we're back in school August uh, 1st or our our folks can come back and start getting ready for the fall, then, you know, we're probably looking at a right around a million dollars that we'll have to uh, have to work through. And and that's what we're modeling right now. And then obviously as you get through maybe non-conference, no football and you play only conference games all the way to no fall sports, all the way to the last uh, option is if we didn't play at all next year, uh, what each of those, Kind of six financial models look like, and that's that's the work we're doing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. So a natural follow up is we're already seeing some teams in sports being cut, like Cincinnati men's soccer, Old Dominion wrestling. That is obviously one way to save money. Moorhead, which is a Division II school up in Minnesota, says that they need to find ways to cut two hundred fifty grand, and they're going to try to do it without cutting teams. So w- what kinds of things? do you consider in in making up that potentially 1 million dollars you're going to lose without uh, the March Madness money from from this past March and then potentially from it sounds like about 200 grand you would lose if you didn't have a, a football season
2: yeah i mean you know it's uh Obviously, that's a, a continued moving target. What we're trying to do is say, look, here, here are the categories that we have. What well, number one? What are your fixed expenses that really can't change? Uh, whether they're contracts you have in place, and uh, certainly personnel, uh, you can, uh, you know, argue a little bit in personnel, but for the most part, your personnel is going to stay there. Your scholarship bill, um, and and so those would be things I would put down on the bottom of the list. If you're starting at a million, trying to work your way down. Uh, you have things that you'd put at the bottom, uh, including for us, uh, sports. Uh, We're looking at a lot of uh, other ways to curb that, and each of our sport programs is doing the exact same thing. And so for us, we want to work on some of those administrative categories and then get that number down where we're saying, okay, maybe we only have 200,000 less. What do we need to do with each of our sport programs? Maybe how they travel, non-conference schedules, Uh, guarantees that we either take or that we don't uh, pay out Uh, you know there's a lot of things that we can do uh, that uh, we hope won't affect our student athletes and their experience uh, near as much and so you set up priorities based on that and every school is a little bit different and you're seeing a lot of those examples John you mentioned a couple of them Um, a lot of schools are jumping on that earlier it's interesting the power five you know they have uh, much larger financial issues actually because the numbers they're dealing with are so much bigger. Sure. So they're they're doing more more aggressive things uh, where we probably can do some things across the board to help us meet uh, that million dollar number and and really not uh, impact us in, in a way that we can't still be successful and still can't uh, move forward and do the things that we uh, want to do. So
1: there's no consideration of cutting any sports.
2: I, I you know I would say this. I think there's a everything's got to be on the table. You know, it's just how far down the buffet line do you get before you get to those those questions. And so, you know, you're trying to fill your plate with the the easier things and the things that don't impact kids and their experiences Uh, for anybody today to say uh, nothing's on the table. That's pretty hard to do. Uh, We don't know what's going to happen to higher education in total, and we don't know. You know, if the Board of Regents or the university decides to do something related to personnel, then we would have to do that. Um, You know, I I think so. that's why you're running these different uh, pieces, so you can say, well, if A happens, then we move over here to B. And that's that's the trick right now, and you don't have a full picture. And so hopefully over the coming weeks and months, you start to solidify some of those pieces. And um, we'll be ready to go no matter what, and I feel really confident about it, but... Uh, For anybody out there to think that um, you can say that anything's uh, not on the table, I I just think that's probably
0: not true in today's world. And it's hard to say, too, Justin, you guys might just be fine, but there might be another school or two in the conference that are going to be faced with much tougher decisions, and that could have an impact on you guys as well down the road.
2: Uh, Without a doubt. We're really fortunate at South Dakota State, you know, we drive uh, 55 to 60% of our revenue we generate. And so, um, you know, we're less reliant on student fees and university support. Now the pressure on the other side is obviously we have to be able to sell tickets and corporate sponsorships and and, uh, scholarship, annual scholarship funds and auctions and those kinds of things. But, you know, our fan base uh, has been so supportive. Uh, You've got a lot of folks that uh, uh, really want to be involved with South Dakota State and, there might be some short-term pain. We might have to work with some people uh, here in the short term, but I think uh, people are going to want to invest and be part of the jackrabbits in the long run. And that's, you know, part of what we're trying to think about is how do we make sure uh, that this thing stays together to get through this. And then uh, we'll, we'll be fine on the other side.
1: And uh, thank you so much for your time today. There's just i I'll try to kind of load up a double barrel question and that might be a good idea or not, but in lieu of time, it, one of the things that uh, the, I believe your council, the Division One Council that you're on, Justin Sell, SDSU Athletic Director, w- might be discussing in June uh, the proposal to relax the 14 sport minimum requirement to be a Division One program, and w- and also within that, um, for, well, I would ask. Are you gonna, first of all yes or no? Are you going dis- to is that something you're going to discuss in June? You know that that's
2: a good question. We we really haven't discussed okay. any of that here in the last five weeks, and I think those are some conversations that some leagues and conferences are starting to throw out in terms right. of uh, do we scrap non-conference games? Uh, what do we do with championships? Uh, how can we put together some seasons that we can afford and or just based on uh, sheer time of when we're allowed to come back? And so. I, I think uh, the one thing with the NCAA, which is really all of us member schools, we we are trying to be kind and, and maybe more relaxed in some of the uh, standards, the pass-fail uh, grade options for kids and how does that work into the academic side. Uh, ACT and SET tests aren't being taken right now, and so how do you factor that in for some recruits? Mm. Um, you know, and I think – Uh, Trying to be kind with people and understanding that this is just such a unique uh, scenario that we we may need what can you do for one year to make an adjustment. And then, uh, frankly, uh, John, as we work down the road, um, and if, if there's a little bit of a reset in college athletics, you know, what are some of those things that might stick beyond a year? And I think those you'll see that roll out here over the next uh, month or two or three, I think those are all uh, conversations that could be had.
1: Okay. So I won't ask you the, well, I'll say what I would have asked, but I think that follows up into your answer is maybe if there will be less of a, a clamp down on uh, athletic departments that might want to have some teams in division one and like, but have division two football, like Georgetown and Villanova went down to FCS years and years ago, but they're division one and everything else. And some schools can have division one hockey and be division two and everything else. Um, but it sounds like it's under that wing and, uh, we've, uh, you've given plenty of your time. Are you sure after all this, just after spending time answering questions from us about this, you, you wouldn't take the $1 million offer that Joe Buck has to just, uh, (laughs) to just do (laughs) play-by-play of people with their clothes off. It
2: it looks a lot better 45 minutes later. (laughs) Uh, Well, I I know you're, uh, I appreciate it.
0: I know you're just over two weeks away. Give us the big plug about the Jackrabbit Athletics Scholarship auction coming up, what, two weeks from tomorrow?
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. I'll try to give a quick one, but it's, you know, our industry, obviously, everything being taken away, all our games and contests, and athletics is about gathering uh, and providing events and having people uh, be around and, and supporting things. And then for our communities and our schools, nobody's been able to do anything, and so we just decided to kind of put a flag in the ground and say, hey, money aside, what can we do that, one, gives us something to look forward to and is positive and can connect people. And so we've got a kind of a YouTube live uh, deal that Tyler Merriam and I will do. And then we'll kind of our tables that we would usually have in Frost will be Zoom tables. And so people will be able to be connected. We'll be able to throw in Coach Henderson and Stig and AJ, myself and some other uh, hopefully some other celebs like Zach Zenner and Jake Winicky and Dallas and some of those folks, Mike Dom, and, and get people involved so we can connect. And then we added an element to support feeding South Dakota. We know uh, there's a huge struggle to keep food on people's tables right now. And uh, we wanted to be supportive of that. And our anonymous donor is willing to do a two for one match for, uh, for that. And then we wanted to support our campus with some high need scholarships as well. And so uh, we're pretty excited about, uh, the opportunity to have a positive impact on some other organizations, and, and try to show that this is about thinking of others, uh, being part of something bigger than yourself, and hopefully we have a platform that can help a lot of people on
0: May second. At Joe uh, GoJacks.com. GoJacks.com. Yep. All
1: right. Hey, we really appreciate. It. There's so many questions that uh, people. Wanted answered and, uh, you know, it's not a very, it's, you don't even have a clear picture, but it's clearer to us. So we really appreciate your time today, Justin. Thanks. Uh,
2: Anytime, anytime. Let's keep doing this over the next coming weeks and months, because I'm sure it'll continue to change.
1: Well, we're up for it. Thank you. We'll
2: do. We'll do.
1: All right. All right. Athletic director at South Dakota State at sell the letter N SDSU on Twitter. Sports talk with Craig and John. We are uh, getting to the near that time all of 15 minutes from old guy trivia Craig versus Mike Henrickson. It's going to be uh, a historical moment in the history of sports and radio. Not really, but it'll be fun. And uh, Jason Endara will join us, a uh, high school reporter here in South Dakota on the five, six, seven. How many damn classes should we have of high school football in South Dakota? Because that will be voted on next week. It is Fox Sports 98 1, AM 1230, KWSN.com.
0: Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to kwsn.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at kwsn.com.